Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sander along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens. Luke Johnson will be joining us from the studio in Laurel a little bit later on on this program of the Eagle Hour, later on in this hour. But right now, Luke is doing what any good parent would do. He's out cheering on his daughters who are playing in the... Mississippi High School Activities Association State Golf Championships that are being staged in Laurel. But Luke will join us in the second half hour of the program today. This segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue. Dickie's Barbecue Pit is a big fan of this program, and we too return the love. They smoke meats in house daily, and of course, uh, any catering event, big or small, leave it to Dickie's with all the side items included. And anytime you eat in house, you get unlimited soft serve ice cream. Dickie's Barbecue Pit here on the Eagle Hour. Our guest on the show today, when I said unlimited soft serve ice cream, just turned and, and lit up. <laughs> Picasso Nelson Jr., also known as PJ. Yes, sir. Picasso Jr. on the program now. Can't call him a Golden Eagle anymore as an active eagle. Yeah. We can call him a Jacksonville Jaguar, though, because he was on the program last week. We talked about the National Football League draft, which was being staged last Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Nashville. And after the draft was over, the Jacksonville Jaguars called, and Picasso Nelson jumped at the opportunity to to become a Jaguar. And as we welcome you back, Picasso, and thanks for joining us in the studio, one of the things that stood out to me is always being a student like mm-hmm. you are, yeah. tops in academics and Conference USA and Southern Miss, you were kind of a step ahead of the curve and in the sense that when the Jaguars called, that was one of the teams that you really wanted to hear from because of the, the current roster composition. Yes. You thought that that would be a really good place to go because they didn't draft any DBs. Let's talk more about that. Uh, yes. Uh, like, you know, during the draft, you know, I was just looking at, you know, different different teams that, you know, showed the most interest uh, with me throughout, you know, the draft process. So, um, and I noticed that, you know, the Jaguars didn't draft any DBs. So, you know, I think it was about like the fifth or sixth round. And, and, and I actually told my dad, I was like, Dad, you know, if, if I don't get drafted, I, I want to go to Jacksonville. And it just worked out that, you know. Like, as soon as the draft ended, they they called and offered me a deal, and I took it. And the way that that works is if you're not drafted, you are free to sign with any team that you want to. Yeah, well, any team that offers, but yeah. Well, of course, yeah. 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 But but you would, so you could have had three or four and and did, but the Jaguars, because of the roster composition, you thought would be the best fit. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, you know, I talked to them just about the most, um, you know, and they. So it wasn't surprising to you that the Jaguars called. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So you had a good relationship them yeah. going into the draft to begin with. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, their, their scout, you know, Mr. Tim is is just a high quality guy, a good man. So, um, you know, re, I you know, I really have a good relationship with him. So. People who were looking at these these uh draft nicks, the guys who make living on yeah. rating players and so on, one of the things they noticed in this draft mm-hmm. was how tall a lot of the DBs were that were being taken. Yeah. Six three, six two defensive backs, which mm-hmm. is really unusual. It is. You know, so why all of a sudden and you're not six two or six three. <laughs> nah. But but why all of a sudden the emphasis on 
tall defensive backs when for years guys your size were doing a perfectly fine job guarding these uh, 6'4 receivers? Uh, I mean, I would just say it's just a preference, you know. Um, a lot of times, you know, a lot of guys are rated. Just like in high school, you'll have a guy that's maybe five stars but doesn't have – the best stats in the world, you know what I mean. So, but he's he may be six two, six three, running four 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 five in eleventh grade, and you know he's all of a sudden the best player in the nation. So, um, in college, you know, a lot of times they look at players, you know, because of their size, you know, how, how fast they run, you know, and people equate that to being, you know, uh, you know, having potential in the league. So, the draft is based off like potential, you know, and uh, that's what it is. But you know, whenever you get on the field, put the pads on, you know, your height. Yeah, that that doesn't save you, you know. So take us through the process now, okay? Yeah. You you are a Jaguar. You're officially a Jaguar. You'll yeah. leave in about a week, and then what happens? Educate us, Picasso. What goes on behind the scenes now for the next two or three months? Yeah. So um, whenever I get there, you know, obviously we'll we'll check in, you know, meet the coaches, you know, take our physicals and, and things like that, and then um, you know, as a rookie, uh, we will have rookie mini camp. So it'll be like a three day camp. You know, we'll be there basically like fall camp. You know, five in the morning to about ten at night. Be there three days in a row, and then after that, you know everyone, you know who's who's on the team. You know we'll we'll still stay there. You know we'll meet with the vets. You know have meetings, workouts, and all this stuff like that for at least about two more weeks. And then you come home, maybe for like a week or so, and then go back out, uh, for a couple weeks. Then come back home for like a week or two, and then leave out for good. So. Now, now when I mean, when you go in to meet the coaches, including head coach Doug Marone, are you yeah. going to go in with your shirt off? Like, uh, Oh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, DK Metcalf got a, got a bunch of publicity for doing that uh, yeah. You know, with the Seahawks. But now you played high school at Oak mm-hmm. Grove. Yes. Uh, you grew up in Simpson County. Mm-hmm. You go to, to Southern Miss, where in all of those times, it could generally be said you played the game for the fun of it. Yeah, for sure. Now it's a living. You got guys sitting next to you at the lunch table in Jacksonville who want your job and vice versa. Yeah. How does this now, football as a living, change the way that you approach things, if at all? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that, like, whenever you're you're doing things because you're passionate about it and you're passionate about being the best at it, like, the money and all that, like, chases you. So... Really, you know, just like look at Brett, like Brett Favre, like he. Really, I've heard of him. Yeah, maybe once or twice. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like just being around him at Oak Grove, like he really, really, really loved the game of football, and um, him just loving the game, loving you know the practice, loving the process, loving the grind, loving the play, like he became the best at what he did. Therefore, like he always made a team. You know, he was a Pro Bowler, you know, Hall of Famer, like, and everything followed because he simply loved the game. So. That's my approach, to go out there and truly love the game, appreciate it every day, have fun every day, compete every day. And making the 53-man roster, being great in the NFL, that's going to come. But I just got to make sure I'm having fun and doing my best to put it on the line each and every day. But you've also said, make no mistake, the guy that I'm sitting next to, I am going to have his job. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's definitely um, – and, I mean, that's just not in football. Like, you know, certain people have the – the job to be the best at whatever they do. So, and I'm, I'm a person like that, you know, whether I'm playing ping pong or playing spades or fishing, like I want to be the best at what I do. When you were watching the draft last week that was televised on the NFL Network and ESPN yeah, uh, from Nashville, you saw guys that were being drafted that had all your numbers. They, were, they ran the exact same speeds that you did. That didn't uh, even run the speed. That didn't even run as fast as you did. Yeah. So what was what were you thinking when you're going, why are these guys being taken and my phone isn't ringing? Uh, I mean, I'm honestly, uh, my dad, he told me this after the draft. He was like, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you. 
And I was like, what you mean? He was like, you know, you've seen a lot of guys get drafted ahead of you that, you know, didn't have your stats, didn't have your pro day numbers. Um, but you never once said I'm better than that guy or, like, you know, got, got negative. And so I never did. I, I, you know, before the draft, I just prayed, you know, that guy that you – I prayed that God would put me on the team where I can be a difference on and off the field. That was my prayer. And um, I just kept praying that. And I was like, God, however it comes, whether it's drafted, undrafted, I just want to be in your will. And, you know, obviously, you know, seeing a lot of guys get drafted, like, that was cool. You know what I'm saying? And I was happy for those guys. But um, I just trusted God, and, and I feel like I'm in the best situation for me. So I have no regret. And I'm not trying to sound cynical, but th- there's a lot of people that would say that. Yeah, you know, I, sure. I prayed to God to put me where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. But but what I have found over time is lots of times people don't don't like the answer that God sends them. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. Know? For sure. And, and, like, I truly meant that, like, with everything in my heart. So whenever it was happening, like, you know, uh, the draft was going on. Like I could tell, like my family was kind of, you know, you know, kind of feeling the way for me. You know what I mean? But I, I really wasn't tripping. I took a nap, woke up, phone still hand rang. You know, started playing pool. Like I was just really relaxed because I knew that whatever happened was meant to happen. Well, you heard the quote right here on the Eagle Hour today, ladies and gentlemen. Picasso Nelson Jr. during the draft was not tripping. <laughs> Which I'm, not, I'm not sure that anybody has ever said that on this show. So you're the first one. We appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so the Jaguars, well, let's just hypothetically say had the Chargers called yeah. or the Broncos called. Maybe not as, as good a roster fit, but you're certainly not going to say no. I mean... If it was them versus the Jaguars, I would have went with the Jaguars. You know what I mean? But, yeah. I mean, in life, you know, you got to choose who choose you. Whether that's a relationship, you got to choose the girl who choose you. You know what I mean? So, um, in this situation, it was that, too. And, like I said, that was the team I talked to the, to most. That was the first one to offer me, you know, a good contract. So, um, that's what I went with. And now, though, as we mentioned, we were talking about job competition. There's now, this is a living now. This yeah, is this is sure. what you're going to do, you know, to for the time being, you know, yeah. to make your living. How how do you wrap your mind around that when I, before you were just playing for the love of it? Yeah, I mean, I'm truly excited, honestly, because like, you know, in college, um, you know, was a finance major. So I had to balance, you know, taking the hardest, you know, business major at the school and, you know, being, you know, an athlete. And then I was in a master's program, did a two year program in one year while playing football. Then I just finished up my master's of teaching. Uh, last night, you know, so I've been juggling, you know, working out and being a football player, and now it's just all about football. So I can just tone it, you know, and tune into that. Picasso Nelson Jr., who once was a Golden Eagle, well, always will be at heart, <laughs> but is yeah. now officially a Jacksonville Jaguar. As we burn our first time out, in our next segment, we're going to continue talking to Picasso about the landscape of college football. We talked about other guys, maybe not as good as him, getting drafted ahead of him. Are those big Power 5 schools, do they automatically have an advantage because of where they go? That and more stuff as the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, Kelly Sander along with Michael Mergens, Luke Johnson from our Laurel Studio, excuse me, beautiful downtown Laurel, 
<laughs> Get it right, Kelly. <laughs> That's right. Luke should be joining us in our third and fourth segment, uh, doing what any good parent should do, cheering on his daughters at the state uh, high school golf tournament today. Uh, the segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart, 2906 Hardy Street, the big yellow building right across from the main campus. You can't hardly miss it, and I mean that. Usually that's the kiss of death when people say you can't miss it. No, no, you, you can't miss it. It's a huge yellow building for all of your Southern Miss swag, uh, grilling materials, anything, you know, your the open fire pits. You can't believe the stuff that has the Golden Eagle logo on it. Well, it's all at Campus Bookmart, including um, textbooks for college students. Campus Bookmart on Hattiesburg, on, or you can reach them online at campusbookmart.net, where they are always open. That's 24-7. Continuing our discussion with Picasso Nelson Jr., PJ. <laughs> so does his dad then P.S.? Nah, nah. It's just, <laughs> He's it's just, just dad. Yeah. He is now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. P.S. Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picasso Sr. Who's a, who's a preacher in town, by the way. Sure. Um, I asked you going into the commercial break, you know, are, are guys at mid-majors like Southern Miss mm-hmm. um, at a at a disadvantage when it comes to the draft when you clearly saw guys that didn't have your numbers getting taken ahead of you, but they went to Ohio State. Yeah. They went to, you know, Texas A&M. Yeah. For example, so and it's nothing we could we I say as a Golden Eagle family, there's nothing we can do about that. But do those guys indeed have an advantage because they go to a power five school? Um, well, I would say that um, here's the politician in him, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I guess guys from bigger schools uh, definitely have uh, uh, a more clear cut road opportunity to, um, you know, scouts really. Um, look at them a little bit more because of the competition that they play against. So, um, you know, you can have a guy that maybe doesn't produce as much, you know, get drafted um, because, you know, they go to a bigger school. And that's not saying that that guy's not a good player, you know. I mean, because, you know, they, you know they, they play. They put the work in the, in the offseason. And, you know, everything that they've done up to that point, you know, bless them with the opportunity to get drafted. So, like, that's good for those guys. So, uh, you know, and and the other schools, you know, like uh, Southern Miss, you know, is you you don't have that clear cut role, but it's still very very possible for you to get drafted. Like, so, so it's not so much if I'm hearing what you're saying, it's it's not so much your skill set. It's it's the teams that you used your skills against. against. Yes, yes. But yes. but you really don't have any control over you that. You don't have control over that. And and in life, you got to control what you can control. So, you know, moving forward in life, like even though. A lot of guys from Southern Miss may have not had, you know, the yellow brick road going to the NFL. You know, you got Jalen Rashard, you know, Nick Mullins, like guys that went undrafted that are, you know, you know, Rashard Hill, like guys that are really like playing really, really well in, in the NFL. That didn't Their get stands out now. Yeah, and for they, sure. Everyone knows who they are now. Yeah, for sure. But, but with those examples you just gave, though. I'm just wondering if there isn't an NFL mindset of we don't have to draft Southern Miss guys. We can sign them as. Because as free you get agents, them for cheap. Yeah. that's a good point. Get them for cheap. You know, it's, and it's and, business. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what you really hate, though. Yeah, but at the end of the day, though, you want the opportunity. And going free agent, like you know, just like Jalen Rashard, he went as a free agent. And whenever you get drafted, you had to sign to a four year deal. As a free agent, you have to sign to like a three year deal. So his fourth year, which is coming up now, he signed like a three point three million dollar contract. So he's making more money over four years than the people that got drafted the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round. He just got his money on the back end. And has now become one of my best friends, <laughs> Jalen Richard. But we, but we talked a little bit in the commercial break, too, full disclosure. Um, the Bengals, for example, took a guy, uh, a running back, and I think he was from Alabama. I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. But yeah. the idea is this, this kid has been hurt uh, for the past three years and I think played seven games 
Mm -hmm. in his last three years of college. Very little to show for it because of the injuries, but gets drafted in the NFL when he's played seven games the past three years. How does that happen? (laughs) Hey, you got to ask the scouts that. You got to ask the scouts. But at the end of the day, though, like, he may get drafted, but – and other guys going to get that same opportunity off a free agent or however it happens. But whenever you get on the field, like, that doesn't save you from being exposed. So just like in high school, you'll have a guy that may be a four or five star. And you may have some guys that's like two stars, you know, three stars, one stars. And But whenever they get on the college field, those five stars doesn't save him from getting exposed. So just like in, in, in the NFL, like. So just because he's drafted doesn't give him, there's no guarantees there. Oh, not at all. Not at all. One of the things that I noticed in this draft, too, Picasso, was you heard a lot of the teams and the pundits talking about they were getting a character guy. Yeah. Okay. We've never heard that term a lot yeah, in the yeah. past. Yeah. But obviously teams are get the guys that have, have a squeaky clean background, mm-hmm. things like that. If, if you can have the ear of junior, college, junior high school and high school football players around the Pine Belt. Yeah. Because you're one of those character guys, and I, and I told you, that, and I'm sure that, that yeah. worked for you, obviously. Sure. What would you tell junior high and high school guys in this day of social media where everything you do seems to be taped by somebody with their smartphone, yeah. or everybody's on Instagram, everybody's on Snapchat? What would you tell these junior high and high school kids about being a character guy? Uh, I mean, I really just tell them, you know, um, talent is cool. You know, talent may, you know, get you in the door. But character going to keep you there, you know. So um, I would just advise that, like, you know, that they truly just be good-hearted, you know what I'm saying, and treat everyone from whether it's the principal of the school to the janitor, like treat everybody the same, treat everybody with respect, be mannerable, and, you know, just really just try to, like, walk in love. And, like, whenever you do that and treat everybody, you know, with respect, like, God's going to bless you, you know. Like, people are going to really, you know, admire you for just being a good person. And, like, that's going to open more door, doors for you throughout life than your talent will. So you're getting ready to, to leave in about a week or so. Where does uh, – and this, this we're getting in now to the, the real cerebral part of this now. <laughs> as far as staying physically fit, yeah. uh, workouts and diet and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. who's advising you now or do you just kind of do this on your own? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the, the same, you know, I kind of have the same routine that I've been having, you know, since January. So, you know, I, I meet up with, with Coach Sam Morris. You know, still meet up with him, condition with him, and, you know, uh, make sure, you know, I'm doing right by my body with him. And, you know, I'm still working out with my dad. Um, you know, still still following the meal plan that he set for me. Uh, you know, so I'm really, you know, just continuing to do what put me in the position that I am today so that I can continue to get better. What are you expecting when you land in Jacksonville <laughs> and get to meet the coaches? What do you envision it being like? I really don't know, honestly. Um, you know, being from around here, I've always, you know, grew up in Mendenhall, Mississippi, you know. Home of the Fighting Tigers. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, you know, I moved to Old Grove my ninth grade year, and I went to Southern. So I've kind of always been around this area. So And always worn black and gold. I always wore Gonna black Going to have to throw a little teal in there exactly. now. Right? Exactly. So, um, <laughs> but, I, you know, I don't know what to expect, but I know um, I'm ready for whatever situation. Um, and I know that I'm going to be myself. I'm going to compete. And I'm just going to just be who I am. You mentioned, obviously, that you're from rural Mississippi. Yes. All right, now you're going to the big city. And I, and I, I look back at the Brett Favre years, and when Brett was traded to Green Bay, everybody said, perfect place for him. Small country guy, mm-hmm. smallest venue in the NFL. Yeah. Now you're going from small country guy to Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Culture shock. Are you prepared for it? 
Oh, yeah. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I mean, I actually got family in Jacksonville. Okay, good. Yeah, that yeah, helps. Yeah. So, um, you know, I uh, got family there. So, like I say, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for whatever. So, I'm really more than anything, I'm just excited about the opportunity, excited to go out there and compete and to learn from the older guys. You know, I'm going to be around great defensive backs, Jalen Ramsey, you know, Boye, like all those guys. And, and so, I really just want to learn and be a student of the game and, and, and find ways to make my game better. So, come game day, I can be the best I can for the team. Picasso Nelson Jr. joining us now, a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, former Southern Miss Golden Eagle. You expect, obviously, the speed of the game to increase at least twofold going from the college level to the pro level? Yeah, well, so what I've heard, the speed isn't really the difference. It's just it's more so like guys guys out there really know what's going on. So it's not like the guys, everyone's in, in, in the field is like a 4-3 guy. You know, they still run 4-4s, four 4-5s, fours, four 6s, four but they just know the game better, so... Um, so if you make one mistake, you're going to get torched. Yeah, like, like you know, from what I've heard, you have to win mentally, you know. So, like, if you may run a 4-3 and this guy may run a 4-5, but if, but if he knows the game better than you, then he's going to make you look bad. So, um, and that's right up my alley, I feel. So, like I said, I just want to learn more, learn from the, uh, from the older guys, you know, and, and really critique my game and make it better in the offseason. So, you know, come, you know, preseason, come come season, whenever I'm playing, you know, I can really just be the best I can. The class of 2014 at Oak Grove High School, Oak Grove is a suburb of Hattiesburg, and a lot of our listeners across the network, South mm-hmm. uh, Super Talk Mississippi affiliates may not know necessarily about Oak Grove, but your 2014 senior team mm-hmm. uh, won the state football championship. It was the first team. The, other than South Panola, the, you know, that had won it in a long time. Yeah. And you look at the, the talent on that team, including Kirk McCarty was the quarterback who went on to play baseball at Southern Miss, now at the Cleveland Indians. Taylor Braley was a defensive tackle or defensive end. Taylor Braley's now playing, you know, professional baseball. Jordan Mitchell, who's now a wide receiver on the Southern Miss football team. And you've got... Um, Ty Pollard. Ty Pollard, <coughs> excuse me, who was on the offensive line at Oak Grove, yeah. now at Southern Miss. And Logan Scott... The tight end who went on to UAB has now signed a free agent deal with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Stupid talented, that class. Yeah, and, and, and there's a few more. You got Jordan Duncan, Isaiah Spencer. Like, it's, you can go on and on. We had a lot of good players. Well, we wish you nothing but the best uh, going forward, Picasso. We know, of course, what we're most concerned about mm-hmm. is that you represent us well. Hey, it's all good. And we know that you will. <laughs> and, yeah. and we know that you, when you go to Jacksonville, yeah. even though you're from a small town, you won't be tripping. No, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Picasso Nelson Jr. has been our guest. The Eagle Hour continues to roll on after we burn burn timeout number two. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. About 20 minutes before the hour here on our Super Talk Mississippi affiliates across the state. Segment three of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill at 2505 West 4th Street in the shadows of M.M. Roberts Stadium. Whether you're uh, pre-gaming for the Ole Miss baseball game tomorrow night or for football games coming up this fall, 4th Street Bar. Plenty of pool tables there for you to enjoy if you like shooting pool. Uh, the 
Southern Miss memorabilia on the wall is a must-see. And, of course, their lunch plate specials, uh, lasagna yesterday. Friday, it's always the pork chops. And great portions with a drink, Eight ninety-five is all. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, your official Southern Miss uh, pregame stop. Luke Johnson rejoins us now. And, Luke, a point of clarification, and I'm sorry about this, I... I you had said mentioned that you were watching your kids playing golf and and you meant some of the kids in your youth group at church yes yeah that's right it's uh today in laurel they're hosting the uh 5a state championship for the girls in golf and and two of uh girls from my student ministry madison deers and emma smithers play for south jones and they were leading the team competition yesterday emma was one stroke down in the individual and they're they're wrapping up here in a, a few minutes last thing i heard emma, emma was a couple shots up individual and uh south jones was looking pretty good to uh, to win the team now anything could happen but yeah man it's really cool to be able to go out and watch uh you know people that you you pour into every week uh, be be really really good and so they're playing at the laurel country club today. so it was fun being out there so when you were watching them were they playing in the same foursome or whatever or did you have to kind of split your time and and how do you do that they were well, they they had them in. Uh, they they did started on on one in ten today. So they were there was threesomes. So they they pair them based off uh, the team uh, score from yesterday. So since uh, South Jones was um, since they were number they were leading yesterday, they basically did an eight thirty eight forty eight fifty tee time. Uh, those were the last of the six tee times, and they put one player in each one of those. So okay. number three hit at eight thirty, number two hit at eight forty, and number one hit at eight. So they weren't too far apart then. No, they were easy. You could go a couple holes up, watch them all through. But you know, uh, Saltillas here today, uh, Germantown's here today, uh, Picayune was here today. There's probably about uh, nine or ten teams. And I'll tell you what, man, there's some impressive female golfers um, out there playing right now. And big money in the community, and the weather is great, so all is well uh, in Laurel. Uh, you know, we were talking with Picasso Nelson Jr. in the first two segments. Luke, you you experienced kind of what he's going through now. Give us some of your recollections about that that whole process of being an NFL free agent and then signing and going and experiencing all the things you got to experience. Yeah, it's wild. You you go through the spring where you work out, and then you – I didn't get invited to the Combine. Uh, there weren't that many punters that got invited that year. Um, but it was 2006, and, and you're sitting there on draft day. I was listening uh, to the previous segment driving in, and, you know, Picasso was talking about would his phone ring, would it would – it, uh, would it not? And so back then it was uh, Saturday was rounds one through three and Sunday was rounds uh, four through seven, I believe. And we're sitting on the couch and outside Soso, Mississippi, and my little brick Nokia phone starts ringing at the end of the fourth round. And it's the Detroit Lions, their special teams coach. And he's just kind of feeling me out, seeing if anybody else is talking to me. And so uh, he called me back at the end of the fifth, called me back at the end of the sixth, called me back at the end of the seventh, and uh, and then you know I found myself up there. It's really cool when you're watching something on television on ESPN, and then your cell phone is is interacting with it, you know, and something something uh, is happening in your life that is such a big deal there. So yeah, found myself a couple days later up in Detroit for rookie minicamp. One of the questions I have though is with the number of free agent signings, and most teams you know sign four or five you know free agent guys and again no guarantee that they're going to be on the team but if you're going to sign four or five extra guys there certainly seems to be popularity television wise of people watching the draft i mean it's crazy they had two hundred thousand people in downtown nashville for night one why not just expand the draft to say for the ease of the math 10 rounds just just a thought 
You could, but it's all it's all front loaded. I mean, that's it's not practical to bring in those extra guys. They teams, uh, you know, for us especially that year, there were a lot of guys that got brought in. Some guys were were kind of like on a tryout basis. Um, you know, they were if, if you were better than a vet or NFL Europe was going on um, during that time when when I played. So you didn't know if a guy was going to go to Europe or not. If you've got a supplemental league like NFL Europe, it makes sense. But a lot of these teams, you know, they want to deal with as as you know few people as possible. So um, I could see it if there was some other league going on, or, or the NFL had another place to put players. Well, you've I'll got- tell you what, man, that, that was that was crazy wild when that drone was flying over downtown Nashville. That, that's the most people that I've seen for an NFL draft in history, and it was raining. They were getting poured on. And they weren't going anywhere. (laughs) I mean, you got to really be a hardcore fan to sit out there, you know, through that. And you got to think about that's the other side of this is the primetime watchability of all this. And that's why they don't expand it because they just want people. It's a, a show just like all the games and it's becoming more and more of a show and a spectacle. So they're trying to just keep that audience entertained with, like you said, the top echelon of picks at the beginning, knowing that if they went all the way through Sunday, people are going to start falling off. But I wonder if there's if there's a part of this that's the legalese. What I mean by that is if, if you do officially draft guys... Let's air just, quotes, by the way. Can yeah, they do yeah. air quotes? Yeah. <laughs> on the radio. Let's just say there was an 8th, ninth, and 10th round. Yeah. The fact that they're drafted, financially, does that change their status with a team as opposed to a free Absolutely. agent? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So your your contract, um, you know, as as a draft, for instance, like my buddy Logan Cook got drafted towards the end of the seventh round last year. Well, I mean, he still had a good contract, you know, but it, you know, un, undrafted free agents, uh, and and again, it sounds like you know Picasso signed that contract. All of them don't don't sign that contract, you know. So if you're a draft pick coming in, I mean, you're getting a contract. I mean, that's just part of it. They wouldn't have wasted it. So in some ways, less draft picks mean less less contracts, less obligations. Um, unless you're Mr. Irrelevant, you know, that's just kind of a... I was trying to think, Kelly, you know, what if somebody's not eligible for the draft? You think you think somebody would just draft a, somebody at Mr. Irrelevant? I got to thinking that way, and I was like, absolutely not. These They're going to take somebody that they want, even if he's like, you know, the next to last pick in the draft. Because, I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, it, it's a huge deal, especially when you're around it personally. And then when you see other people go through it, the, these teams don't waste times. It's not like the the Major League Baseball draft where you draft some whoever in, in round 41. No, I, I, I mean, hear The NFL draft is a whole different ballgame. I, I wanted to get your reaction to this, too, Luke, because something that's that's closer to it and I mentioned my team I think the Bengals took a running back and I I think he was from Alabama again it doesn't matter as far as this goes but this guy had been injured over the past three years I think he would played a total of seven games in the past three years Uh, you know the numbers obviously because he only played that many games were not all that uh, you know were not all that impressive but yet the Bengals drafted him I, I, I when when surely there had to have been, no matter what school, there had to be a guy with more impressive credentials, a, a more extensive body of work. How does a guy like that with limited work and a list of injuries a mile long, how does that guy get taken? I just I don't understand the science of the draft. You're talking about Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma? That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. All right, a long history of injury after injury after injury, you know. Um, why... 
and I hate it for the guy. I mean, he can't help but that he was injured. But like you said, this is a business now. So what makes a guy that's been yeah. injured? That and we talked off the air that there were quite a few stories that I heard the snippets on the radio, and it was always side note. They're sidelined right now because of an injury. Right. So I just don't understand if you have your choice between a guy who's never been injured and a guy that's, that has a long list of injuries like that young man. And that why, may why, be from a smaller school. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just logically would think I'd take the healthier guy from the smaller school because he doesn't. I mean, he has a history of not being injured. A, the yeah. other guy has an injury of being you know, it's injured. A, it's a six round pick, too. It's a six round pick. And so, you know, when you look at that or. Oh, you know, he he may just be coming in for a short yardage or a third round. Running backs are a whole – I mean, third third down back. Running backs are a whole different thing now. We saw, what, one running back going the uh, the first round? Yeah. So running backs, what's crazy is for one of the most important positions in football, it's also one of the most expendable positions in football because guys now just basically, you know, you can pigeonhole them into a role. Um, and teams are cool with Darren Sproles only getting on the field, you know, on third down. But when like, did the, that, when did that okay. change, though, Luke? Because back in the day, and again, here I go, old Grandpa Santa. Back in the day, the stud running backs coming out of college, they were and in fantasy football drafts, the first guys to go, right, are always the running backs, but not right. not in the NFL draft. Not anymore. It was about what six, seven years ago when teams started having short yardage specialists and and teams weren't looking. And in, in some ways, you know, you think about like a Clinton Portis, you know, a guy you don't think about, but man, that dude had so much didn't have much tread on his tires left. You, when you look at Adrian Peterson, guys like that, Frank Gore has been kind of the one that's just you know amazing. He's gone yeah. so long, but teams now, in some ways, uh, you know, the the because of the how hard the NFL is now as far as. Uh, you know, size and strength and all that, man. You just can't find guys that can endure that week in and week out. And so you extend the life of a, of a running back maybe three or four more seasons when he's more of a dual back threat. And I think teams also, the idea of, uh, you know, of more depth in there. And, and you can have, on a scale of one to ten, you can have three sevens rather than just killing a nine the whole time, you know. And didn't Clinton Portis go to Jones? I think he... I think he played a year or two at Jones. He was born in Laurel, Mississippi. Okay, there you Went go. Went to Miami. He didn't go to Jones at all? I don't believe. Okay. Oh, well, whatever. I know he was from around here, uh, so good for Clinton Portis. But uh, that music means we're on the cusp of a commercial break. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Morgans. We will wrap up the Eagle Hour after this timeout. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us by our studio sponsor, First Bank, serving Mississippi since 1895, building that brand new office out on Highway 98. Appreciate the Perfect 10, Reggie Collier, and everyone at First Bank for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Michael Mergens from those First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel, guys. I heard you hating on my beautiful no, Beautiful, earlier. yeah, beautiful downtown Just Laurel. Downtown Laurel. It's the cloudy reason we and say rainy, that it's is, beautiful. 
Because Laurel is called the city beautiful. Like, so you've got the hub city down there. It's the city beautiful here. So that's why I always just throw it out there. So back in the day, I can't remember where it's, maybe it's at Death Valley and LSU. It could be pouring down rain and the, and the announcer will go, chance of rain, never when he's giving out like the weather update. So it's kind of like that, Michael. It's just it's always beautiful here and, in and Petal, downtown yeah. Laurel. Pedal is the friendly city, right? Yeah. I'm just Which you know, for, 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 for what that's worth. Yeah. She's kidding. <laughs> yeah, for what that's yeah, worth. That's right. Well, couple of uh, a couple of awards to let you guys know about. John Warren from Southern Miss Track and Field earned his second weekly accolade from Conference USA. He's the male field athlete of the week. Announced uh, today. This past weekend at the Southern Miss Open, a triple jumped a distance of 53 feet and four and a quarter inches. He's first in the conference and now moves into the number seven slot in the entire country. Southern Miss track getting ready for the outdoor championships next week up in Charlotte, North Carolina from May 9th to May 12th. Baseball, a couple of awards this week for Golden Eagles. Uh, Walker Powell coming off his 10 strikeout complete game on Friday night has earned the Conference USA Co-pitcher of the week. It's his third time uh, this season that he has uh, got this award. And then also Hunter Schlater uh, was one of the collegiate baseball national players of the week. Uh, last Wednesday against New Orleans, three home runs, eight RBIs, the first of first Golden Eagle since 2006, and only the ninth time in school history that a player had hit three home runs. So congratulations to Hunter Schlater. Golden Eagles get after it uh, tomorrow night uh, with Ole Miss at Pete Taylor Park at 6 p.m. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. We This uh, baseball team's just kind of been ebb and flow, up and down, roller coaster. But then you look up, uh, one poll has you 29th, your RPI is 41, and you're 29 and 13, and you're in first place in Conference USA. Just another Golden Eagle baseball season, Kelly. And, and actually, tomorrow, Luke, aren't you guys going to um, – I'm off tomorrow, but you guys are going to get to talk to the uh, the coach at FAU? Yeah. Is that right? Excited about that. Yeah, John McCormick, who who has been more than, uh, man, come on the show a, a lot. Uh, he came on, uh, I think, postseason and preseason last year. Uh, they're in second place, and everything's shaping up this weekend, man. Should be a dandy. John McCormick will be on the show tomorrow. And what's that I hear? Bob may, Bob may be here tomorrow? Is, is that what I heard? I heard that? Just when you thought it was safe to return to the radio studio, Bob Getty returns. <laughs> Jaws too. Yeah, that's such a good. That's that's my movie voice guy. You know, it's that same guy that does all those movie those movie uh, snippets. Yeah, he'll be on the show. Uh, gotten got to talk to Glenn Natchik this morning, who is a former Southern Miss golfer uh, who was recruited out of Canada, uh, up in Manitoba, outside of uh, can't remember the town, Winnipeg, maybe somewhere up in there. But that might be Alberta. Anyway, it's not a geography lesson, but Glenn Natchik is going to join us on the program You know, maybe next month when we get closer to the U.S. Open. He actually did well on the uh, PGA Tour for a little while, so he was anxious to come on the show and, um, and get good. to talk a little bit about uh, Southern Miss golf. So, you know, when we start peeling back these, the, these onions, Luke, it's amazing the number of great athletic stories that we have yep. coming out of Southern Miss that have never been told. And I kind of feel like that's part of our purpose here on this show. 
It sure is. I mean, you you want to expose and uh, put out there for Golden Eagle listeners, you know, just the success stories. And it's been amazing. We've had some of the school record leaders that no one, you know, had the average fan hadn't heard of, whether it was soccer or track or, you know, bring back and people forget, you know, with Tim Yelverton being up at Old Waverly. I mean, right. just thought this, the Southern Miss, man, just has so, so much success in so many places. Um, it's just really cool for us to be able to continue to put it out there and let people see that we really are to the top and to me what is neat about working with somebody yours and michael's age is that i can i got to see some of the guys you guys only read about you know i mean back in way back in the day there was a really good punter no disrespect to you but there was a really good punter that played at southern miss (laughs) that made uh, and i'm not guy i'm not and i'm not just talking about ray but gerald wilson before him yeah, you know Gerald. Yes. Gerald Wilson was a terrific punter. Kelly, I didn't realize you watched Gerald Wilson play. I, I did. I sure did. With Lenny Dawson was the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs back in the 1960s. Uh, Gerald Wilson. Uh-huh. Well, I'm, but not, Gerald Wilson was probably more early 70s. But um, yeah, sure did. And and the thing that was unique about Gerald Wilson is he didn't wear a standard shoe on his punting foot. He would wear a shoe where the the shoelaces were on the on the side by the ankle bone. Okay, so this oh, nice, okay. yeah. So, so when he would kick the ball, he didn't have to worry about the ball coming off the laces of a, a certain way because his laces were that that bone that sticks out of your ankle. The shoelaces were on that side of the shoe rather than the front of nice. the shoe. I did not know that. Man, they yeah. did it. They did it really cool in the in back in the day. Good stuff. Well, I'm going to put these headphones back off and race towards Laurel Country Club. See if my girls can pull it out in the state championship. Thanks, uh, Kelly. Uh, for interviewing Picasso Nelson. That was good stuff. Michael, you always push the right buttons. We'll be back tomorrow. Keep listening to us, as always, and say it with us as we sign off. Southern Miss to to the the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.